Welcome back to another episode of the Matt Report Podcast. Today's guest, Jason Resnick. You might know him from Res.com. That's Res with a Z, three Zs, in fact, Res.com. I've had him on the show before. We talk about freelance business and building WordPress websites and all that fun stuff. But today he's joining us to talk about his relaunch to his membership program. Because he does have a membership program, he also has a productized service. But the membership is going through a rebuild because of this whole pandemic thing. A lot of his clients are seeing their clients sort of shrink the wallets a little bit. So he had to refactor that. And what I really love about, well, talking to Jason, number one, is the grit that he has uh, to continue on with this membership stuff uh, and leveraging all of the content and podcasts and just being out in the open, being a great networker and how he turns that into something uh, of a revenue stream. So it's a great conversation if you've thought about launching a membership site. Maybe you're doing it right now because you're shifting gears in your business. This is a great episode for you. And we're going to talk about the product si- productized business side of things and how important podcasting is to the success of your content marketing efforts. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join that mailing list. Leave us a review on iTunes. Let's say thanks to the sponsors. Search WP, WordPress search ignores content. Search WP finds it. You can find Search WP at searchwp.com. Look, I've been talking about these guys forever. They're an amazing search tool plugin for your WordPress site. Last time I read them, it was on a Jamstack episode. I said, you know what you can't do? You can't run Search WP on a Jamstack site. Well, one of you developers out there on the Twitter sphere corrected me. Yes, you can, Matt. <laughs> In fact, there's an open API that you can use. Touche, developers, touche. And I assume that's when you're using WordPress as your content management system and some kind of Jamstackery on the front end. It's Search WP is an amazing tool for developers as well. Starts at 99 bucks for a site. I think I said that already. 149 is their most popular plan. It's a license for five sites. Comes with all the fun stuff like WooCommerce integration, metrics, related content, redirects, custom results order, and all of the standard extensions. Plus the amazing year of support that you get from the fine folks over at Search WP. Look, if you're building an e-commerce site, big content heavy site you're going to do a lot of searching search wp is a tool for you searchwp.com thanks for supporting the show malcare malcare.com the only wordpress security plugin with instant wordpress malware removal or our auto clean feature cleans your website without waiting for days or hours i totally love that you know what else i love besides the fact that they're built by the same team behind blog vault it's amazing tool. It's fast, it's efficient, and it's like it's like an insurance policy for your website. For $99 for the entire year, it keeps one website protected, $259 a year for five websites. And if you have 20 websites, $599 for the year, that's like 30 bucks a site if my math is right. And it does everything. It protects the site, it removes malware, it does automatic daily scanning, it has a firewall. It does the pesky login protection, right? Guessing passwords, which is like the most common way to uh, vector into WordPress. Can I say that? Is vector in a thing? Like, is that what InfoSec people say? Uh, and they have an emergency hack cleanup. So if your site is hacked right now, or you know a customer where the site is hacked, $249 and the money back guarantee to clean your website right now. And then it renews at 99 bucks for the year after that. It's an amazing service, malcare.com. Thanks for supporting the show. I want to take 
the listeners down this crazy journey of why the hell you do what you do. <laughs> why why you and I both do what we do. We've had some great conversations, of course, off the microphones, off air. And we're going to kind of put some of this reality to the recordings today. But for folks who don't know who you are, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Jason Resnick, better known as Res with three Zs online. And yeah, I've been doing this crazy internet business thing for over a decade full-time for myself and started as a developer, uh, a very generalistic web developer. And as you, and this is kind of where we first met was I went two feet into the WordPress space and I was like, look, I'm leaving Ruby on Rails and custom PHP work behind. And uh, thanks to your mentorship, if you will, and thoughts and, and advice over the years, you helped me build a business that, um, has been a decade in the making. And, no, uh, I, I do apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just even like, you know, like yourself, like you, you put yourself out there, like we're like cut from a similar cloth where we were just, I'm learning this. I'm nobody special. I just figured if I can figure stuff out and I can put it out there in podcast form, video form, blog form, whatever, and somebody else is out there that's looking to overcome some hurdle in their business. Awesome. Right. And so, you know, that was sort of a side effect of not something that I went, you know, <laughs> like had the eye on the prize for, but it was a side effect of building a business, jumping into WordPress, really niching down on a plugin on top of a plugin on top of WordPress and building a business around that. And then niching down several other times and pivoting and things like that. But, um, you know, over the past three and a half, three and a half years, helping other developers and designers basically build predictable income. So I think it's the grittiness and, and this is part of the stuff I want to talk about today. I mean, I'm from the Boston area. You're from the New York area, aside from sports teams colliding, like there's this grittiness of, I think people in the Northeast where we, we just keep trying, right? No matter what. We keep it, we, I hate, I don't even want to say experimenting. It's more like slamming your face into the wall <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. And I, I think it's just that Northeast in us. It's like, cause winter is seven months long around here. And then I, 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 I contrast that with some of our friends who are like on the West coast and they're like, every day I start with yoga and I journal in <laughs> what my, uh, 3000% profitability range is going to be. And I'm like, how, how, what's going on here? It must just be polar opposites of, of the United <laughs> States. What do you think that is like, am I right in thinking like people from the Northeast, especially Boston, New York, like we're just going to keep going until it just literally kills us in some cases. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like, it's weird because you know, before I did my own thing, right? Like I knew I was going to do my own thing at a very, very young age, probably way too young. And like, I had no idea what it looked like. Right. But I worked for a, an agency, a body shop, if you will, that basically would tell you, Hey, go work for this.com for three months and then go work to this.com for three months. And this was during that whole thing in the late nineties. Right. And so I was like, awesome. I'm in my early 20s. I get to travel all over the place, see different cities, different states and all the rest of it. But every time I went, and unexpected for me, every time I went to a place like Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania or Torrance, California, or someplace else, I was like, I miss New York. Like I didn't expect that. Like, but the thing is to your point, I think in like warmer climates, 
like where you could go to the beach year round and things like that. It's like, why am I doing the hustle? <laughs> right? Right, right, why right. am I beating my head against the wall? Why am I doing this stuff? Because look, when I go to those places, the last thing I want to do is work, right? Like sure. I don't want to be on a screen. I don't want to do this stuff. But like, like you said, seven months out of the year, it's freezing. There's snow on the ground, ice, like, you know, it's the worst weather possible. At least we can see the weather coming, which is awesome, right? right? Like, you know, we don't have earthquakes, we don't have tornadoes, we don't have this stuff. A hurricane comes, we know a week in advance. But yeah, I think, I think there is something to that where it's just, maybe it's in our nature to just, like you said, it's gritting it out and just trying to do whatever it is that we can do and maybe much to our detriment. Yeah. I remember meeting you in the lobby of, I think it was WordCamp uh, New York mm-hmm. 2011, so, 2010, yeah, something yeah, like that. 2012, I think. Or oh, 2012. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's actually shorter than I, than I thought. But I remember, you know, same thing, man. Like the, the common thread that has kept me going has been, I guess, my love, which I didn't even realize it was a love for, podcasting Mm -hmm. back then. Like, it's the only thing that I have been semi-consistent at. Is that the same for you? You know, just looking over your site, you're you're in your eighth season, probably going on your ninth with this rebrand, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But has that been the the sort of lifeline for all things res? Is it been consistent with the podcast? Absolutely. It's weird because I never really would have thought that. But podcasting, you know, I listened to podcasts when you had to download the file, right? And like put it on your MP3 player. And it was just something that was always kind of cool for me, like to hear a radio show. That's kind of how I looked at it. I always, is there's this radio show, like what my ancestors, my grandparents, great grandparents listened to back in the day where they centered around a radio and listened to a show. And, you know... For me, it's easier to do this, have a conversation with somebody rather than write a blog post or, you know, even creating videos like that for me has always been a stopping point too, is the editing side of things, right? Podcasting, same thing. I, it was, it was between, I think it was season three and season two where I was just, there was like a huge gap for my podcast for Living the Feast where I was just like, I for an hour long show, I'm spending, I don't know, two, three hours on the editing process. And I was just like, this is, this is too much for me. But right. I loved podcasting and having conversations and meeting people. And yes, it's the, it's the marketing channel for my business. And I've learned to embrace all aspects of it and starting to learn a little bit more as a podcast host. I've actually researched and studied how to hold better interviews and things of that nature, like looking at Walter Cronkite and like some Dan Rather and Barbara Walters, just kind of looking at those perspectives and how do they do things. And I'm like, man, like I'm really diving head into this. And like you said, I guess I love podcasting, right? Like I didn't know that. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think for me, the pod- podcast is the medium of choice. I mean, I did WP Dev Table back in the day, and right, that was right. a, you know a loosely based, irregular podcast of a roundtable of WordPress geeks, right? And like, we just loaded up Google Hangouts, pressed go live, and that was the podcast, right? And then 
I live in the feast. Ask Res was another pod is is another podcast, and like and now with my services, I'm gonna start up another podcast. So it's like podcast is it. And you have so you have res.com, that's re triple z dot com, res.com. You have nurturekit.co, the which is your services side, which was a pretty big tr- big transition from just doing, you know, hey, come to me and I'll build something for you to now this sort of productized, systemized, uh, processed approach. And I, I want to get into that. But podcasting allows you to do this stuff sort of out in the open. You get to, mm-hmm. to talk about it, to market it. You see what works. You see what resonates with people when you when you publish an episode. It allows you to do this stuff out in the open and make mistakes and learn all of this stuff. But frame it for the listener. You started 2020 with some plans with Living the Feast and the membership. And then with Nurture Kit, you had obviously plans for that. But just give us that 50,000-foot view. You came into 2020 like we all did with a plan. And then we got slapped in the face you know, <laughs> right. by COVID. Give us that, uh, give us that framework. How, how are you approaching this stuff now? Yeah. I mean, as I said, like the part of the business that was a surprise for me was, you know, the course building and the membership and things like that. That wasn't something that I had on any sort of roadmap anywhere in my life. Right. I'm an introvert. I'm not exactly looking to be a speaker or anything of that nature. But when my first son was born, And I realized the dream that I had been planning for, and that was to be home, see first steps, hear first words and all that. Literally in the drive home from the hospital, I said to my wife, I said, so now what do I do? And she she looked at me and was like, what are we, why are we talking about you right now? (laughs) What world? I just gave child a birth, right? Um, But I reached a goal, right? And that was the goal. And I was like, he's right in the back seat. So now I wasn't sure where to go from there. I was like, okay, I could keep doing what I'm doing. Or I can maybe help other people just like me and you to realize dreams that they have, whatever that dream is, whether it is similar to me or something different, right? Um, Awesome. So how do I do that? Well, podcasting was, was where, where it was at. And I had already been doing the podcast already, just sharing my information, sharing things that I was learning and, and, and being public about that sort of thing. And so when I launched Feast, which was this all-encompassing like course of everything from my learnings from being a beginner to today, essentially – as well as a membership inside of that, it was this big behemoth, right? I was like, okay, this is the thing. I'm putting it up. And that was about three years ago. First year grew pretty well. Second year was flat. I was like, okay, well, what's the deal here? Like, I didn't, you know, something's not right here. And so I looked at it and it was too big, right? We, I had folks that were starting out, coming in, learning what they needed to learn, and then bouncing out after a few months because they were actually getting results. And so they didn't have the client work and they had all intentions to go to the next module, but the next module was maybe a year or two from where they were at. Right. And so I decided to tear the whole thing down and basically build out individual courses that people could buy and hold back the membership. So there wasn't always this, I always felt bad, like, look, I'd never want somebody to go into the red on something or question something that they're buying. And if I'm dinging their credit card every single month, 
and they're not in a space where they're in the membership community on a consistent basis, well, now they're questioning it, right? And I didn't like that feeling just from my own sort of thing. And so I tore the whole thing down, held the membership back. And in 2020, I was going to re-release the membership as more of kind of like an alumni membership for people that had been through group coaching and one-on-one coaching of mine and things like that. Well, COVID hit and, you know, my list, I was getting replies back to people like real life replies, not like, how do I get clients? What, what tool is, do I use for this? Right? Like real life issues. Like how are, how are you handling being quarantined? And, you know, have you lost a lot of clients over this and I'm losing a client or I haven't heard from a client in a little while that I had been with for three years, you know, all of these really kind of things. And people were, events were canceling, so on and so forth. And I said, look, I was asking other membership community leaders out there, like how, what's the best position for a membership? Like, this is how I want to use it you know, and in as far as the business, but also helping the members, what's the best way to do it? And I was told one way or the other, it was either a premium thing or an entry level thing. And so I said, okay, look, I have the means, the platform, the tech and all that stuff for me right now. I'm just going to open the door, put five bucks a month on it. And every, anybody and everybody can come in if they need to, right. To be able to have conversations, talk with each other, um, sort of like a virtual meetup, if you will. And we do those every month. We just had one just prior to this this recording. And people come together and they talk, vent, learn from each other. There are different stages, all different types of businesses. Some people are, uh, are WordPress developers and designers. Other are copywriters. There's actually a drone photographer in there. You know, like I'm like... It's just, it's a nice community that's, that's being built. And the only reason why I put a price tag on it is just so that I could pay the bill right. to, to host it. Right. And so that's, it, it, it shaped the bit, it shaped that part of the business in a different light and yep. that I didn't plan on. You know, I, I th- I'm right there with you. I, I think that originally when we met is probably right before, I can't remember the years, but I remember launching Matt Report Pro which was an attempt, you know, something very similar to this. And look, we're not reinventing, not to take away from what you're doing, but, but I certainly am not reinventing the world <laughs> by no. having, you know, a private membership. A lot of people do this, but this is very common in real life. You look at something like, I don't know, like a, a rotary club, you know, there's BNI. I don't know if you have BNI where, mm-hmm. around your, where you're at, but these are all places that you get these net, these local business networking events the chambers another perfect example my god it, that's worse than you know than anything right because not only do you pay to be a member you have they you know they hit you up for sponsorship they hit you up for a travel event they, they they're always trying to ding you for more money so this is not uncommon and, and basically what they're doing and you know in in the local settings and what we're doing online is creating these curated experiences for like-minded people, which sounds so tongue-in-cheek, but this is exactly you know what we're doing. And I think, I mean, certainly when I started MatReport Pro, it was far too early in this mm-hmm. in this concept. And only a handful of real hardcore membership sites do I know still exist. Right. Uh, Troy Troy Dean being one of them with WP Elevation. I mean, perfect 
you know, he's the perfect type. He's a great teacher. He's a great host. He has all the makings for somebody to lead that kind of membership. Mm -hmm. But even he is, you know, not the same model anymore. It's still much more coarse driven for WordPress, right? Right. Uh, And and I think what we're going to see is more because of COVID and because everyone was thrust into this Zoom, Google meeting, Skype world now, which is crazy to say because it is the year 2020, but so much of the common folk have been pushed into that realm that I, I think there'll be more of these curated experiences. And why not throw the host of this curated experience a hundred bucks a year, mm-hmm. right? Because you have bills to pay and then maybe you can reinvest that into other areas of the experience. So maybe every quarter you bring in a, a, you know, a highline speaker, maybe you pay him a couple hundred bucks to show up or whatever the, you know, whatever the concept is. But I, I think that this should be more commonplace and, and I'm happy to see you know, your pivot and I'm happy, I'm excited to see like what other people do in the future because I think technology, as good as you and I both know it with all the tools available to us, it's still not there for the common person to set up. Yeah. And, right? and, and that's where like, that's what it was like. I even had a conversation with my wife about it too. Cause you know, I, I said like, there was this plan. <laughs> right. And now like, I'm thinking like, I just, you know, flip the coin on the other side and like, what do I do with that? And she goes, well, if you're getting these kind of people at, with these kind of responses to your emails that aren't even talking about that sort of thing. So this is in their head. And so you know, if it's something that you can do and you're comfortable with doing it and all that, I said, well, you know, for $5 a month, yeah, I can put that up and then that the, it pays for the, the runnings of this thing. And then I can facilitate a zoom meeting once a month or something like that. And they can, you know, come and chat and maybe there's some connections through podcasts that I can bring people, like you're saying, bring people in and do a workshop or something, you know, like just to kind of, virtualize maybe a live event like yeah you know in some way and and it's been great i mean it's only been up for a couple of months feast club and you know there i'm hoping to get before cyber monday 100 members in there right and so it's just and i haven't marketed it there's no there's no money behind it really because there's no money going into it well you paid me you paid me a thousand dollars to be on today's show so thanks for that Right. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Right. And so for me, I'm like, there's plans now, like I've seen how people are using it and what they're asking for and things like that. And so there's opportunity for growth there. And, you know, so there's going to be bigger or big ish changes to Feast Club and how, how it is in the future. But, you know, it's, it's a good thing that a good opportunity that was there presented by something that was completely tragic and terrible. Right. Yeah. So, you, you and I have talked uh, again off air about folks who run uh, membership sites or your typical digital product site, which by the way, like that typical from a, a couple of years ago where, you know, I know you were one of the ones that would also vent about it too, but stand in front of a Lambo, <laughs> check out like how you can make a billion dollars in a weekend kind of thing. I honestly, unless the algorithm of Facebook and Instagram have changed for my persona, I have haven't seen as many of those. <laughs> I saw so, one this weekend, actually. Oh, did you really? Yeah, it was the first time in a long time, though. I'll give yeah. you that much. Yeah, yeah. So maybe people are like, yeah, you know, getting off that roller coaster ride, and now there's there's a fresh uh, new set of folks doing it. But the advantage that you have that is that you're still servicing clients, and, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this, where there are these people who haven't serviced clients in 
whatever, a decade, and they're just doing the whole teaching thing, which is, hey, it's fine. Like if it's a valuable course and and you're a great teacher and you are providing value, but there's those people who, you know, design websites for a year mm-hmm. and then they're, they're saying, boy, this is difficult. Right. And they decide to say, you know what, maybe I'll just teach people how to use WordPress and they try to you know, like package it up in this, how you can sell a $20,000 website, but they've never sold a $20,000 website themselves. You're still doing client work today, which obviously gives you that great advantage, you know, still running nurturekit.co, but that pivot from the generalist to nurturekit.co, when did that light bulb go off to say, you know what, I'm done with the generalist approach, giving this nurture kit thing. Uh, and that's what I'm going to tackle for the services side. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first time that I ever specialized was when I got burned out in 2012. And that was, you know, that was a big pivot point in my business career because I, I thought like, hey, if somebody's going to pay me to write a line of code, whether it's Ruby on Rails, PHP, anything, I don't care, you know, I'll take it. But that led to burnout and a bad health, you know, all the rest of it, right? And so I had l- literally at that point in time, my a month prior to... Well, a month after I asked my then girlfriend, now wife, to marry me, I said, look, I'm going to go back and get a full-time job because I can't do this anymore. Like, this is the second go around after two years I've hit a brick wall. I can't do this. And she totally 180'd on me and basically said, well, that's not what you want. And she's the one that's the rock. She's not a gambler. She wants to know when the bills are going to be paid and all the rest of it. And I just felt like I can't put her on that feast or famine roller coaster that I've been on and there's no way to do it and, and whatever. And so, but it was like the kick in the butt that I needed. I'm like, well, she believes in me. So what, what, what am I doing? Like, where did this come from? And I realized that it was, I was very generalist. I was just taking, I was chasing my tail a lot of times, like, cause I would be working on a project for six months on one technology platform and then jump into another and then back to the other. And I was always catching up to whatever I missed. And so I specialized on WordPress first, uh, went down WooCommerce rabbit hole. Luckily I chose WooCommerce and not something else. And that was luck. But I realized that being more specialist, and luckily, luckily you picked WooCommerce because you found success with it, right? I found success with it, but also the way that the business end of that worked, right? So automatic and all of that, there was a lot of other plugins that I could have went to that, you know, didn't pan out because right, of right. WooCommerce being what it was and what it has become. But the, the, the model there was like, oh, so I say no to a lot of things, but I've become, and I got people coming to me saying, I hear you're the WooCommerce guy. I'm like, okay, I guess so. Sure. <laughs> right. And so I, that was the point where it was like, oh, I'm referable now. Right. And like somebody has a problem and they talk to somebody else and they say, oh yeah, I heard about this guy. Here's him. He knows all about this stuff. Whether I could solve that problem or not, they heard one word and they can associate it with me. And so I've pivoted a couple of times and shifted, but I always flock towards e-commerce. And 
I've moved the business more towards email automation and marketing automation and things like that. Still doing some development work where needed, but NurtureKit is basically a productized service that's built around ConvertKit, specifically towards building out funnels, um, you know, any sort of automation that they're looking for, for like referral programs, affiliate programs, things of that nature, but also incorporating e-commerce into it too. People don't look at ConvertKit as an e-commerce platform, but a lot of people that have ConvertKit sell online. So they right. are e-commerce, whether they, whether they're, just because they're not selling shoes doesn't mean that it's not e-commerce. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've always wanted a productized service and I never really knew what that productized service was because I did like the challenge of solving different problems all the time. However, again, with the way that COVID was, I was, I was getting more leads into my business because other people's businesses and side hustles became a bigger priority because they were home now. And maybe they didn't know if they were going to have a job anymore and their Etsy shop or their whatever that they did at nighttime as more of a passion project now became an income. Like they were looking at it as an income and I didn't change my marketing at all, but the tier at which I was servicing my clients is there was this lower tier and it was, and I say tier is just stage of business really that my skills and my services and my offerings could solve just as well both tiers. I just had no, no way in which to formalize it, if you will. Like mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there's just not enough budget or time to put into that right now. And so then I talked to several people and this idea of a day rate was always a, a, a thing for me, um, like a, a, a business model on my radar and it was always interesting to me. And I said, hey, I can offer a day rate, right? Where I just go into the day, work on somebody's ConvertKit account, where they could go do this themselves by watching videos, read blogs, and all the rest of it. But it may take them four weeks to get it all set up. I have the right. skill set already. I could go in the day and get it installed for them in their ConvertKit account. And then they, they're still good at what they do. Right? Yeah. They're doing whatever they do. And that's been taking off leaps and bounds much more than I ever expected. And it, it's another offer in my services that, you know, my marketing and all the word of mouth that I do, you know, it, it's now instead of me saying, yeah, here, go to somebody else, or here's a couple of links to refer somebody else where I say, well, I have this other thing. Maybe this is of interest to you. And this is why I like a productized service for the for the anchor, uh, uh, anchor pricing reason, right? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just you know putting myself potentially in your shoes, is you've got this productized service. Matter of fact, let me just take a look at the packages really quick. So the large package you have is starts at 5,000 bucks. I'd imagine that you're able to anchor that and say, somebody comes to you and say, hey, we heard that you're the best for ConvertKit. We heard that you're a great web developer. You can do all this stuff for us. Do you have anything, like, can I have you do this big ad hoc project for us? Mm -hmm. This price anchoring of your of your productized uh, service, you could say, well, yeah, I mean, but it's going to be like four times the price of my productized because productized is a systemized process-based uh, 
business. Mm -hmm. I have a thing that I follow, a process that I follow. If I'm going to do this big custom package for you, it's it's going to be four to five times the price. Is that a fair way to that you can leverage this type of offering? Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's there's plenty of times. <laughs> just even in the past several months where people have come to me just like that. They say, Hey, look, we have this campaign, especially with the end of the year stuff coming up. Like we want to do a cyber Monday campaign. Can you set us up from Halloween over to cyber cyber Monday? Right. Um, I said, sure. Uh, well, what's all the nuts and bolts, right? Like, what do you have? And what, what are we talking about here? And they say, well, I think we want to do, and they start diving into the project. Yeah. And then I, I say, well, look, I could do all of this stuff for you. I could do the strategy and all that stuff. And much like you said, it's going to cost this much. Or if you know exactly what you want to do, hire me for the day or hire me for the, the, the package itself and I'll just implement it for you or I'll get it done for you. And then you don't have to worry about it. I'll give you the, the how to the pull the levers sort of thing and away you go. And then there's not this long ongoing three-month project that you have to scope out and all the rest of it. It's more of just off the shelf. You know you have ConvertKit. You know what you want to do. You hire me to put to put it together for you. Yeah. I don't want to turn this into like a how to create your, your own uh, sort of agency or freelance uh, sort of podcast uh, episode, but there's something to recognizing a market like e-commerce and sort of like these third degree offerings like a convert kit. So it's not, mm -hmm. well, I think now they're, they're much more into e-commerce, right? They actually have an e-commerce thing now at convert kit. Yeah. You, it's the most basic that you can think of, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you, you latch on to these services that are either, you know, directly e-commerce. So either WooCommerce, mm -hmm. Shopify, something like that, or you go sort of what I'll say is third degree, which might be convert kit, even though they're getting into the game, you sort of hook onto these services that are complex to set up and, and, and you can create this offering to, to ease that person's pain or just solve the time. I think what a lot of us to get to the point, I think a lot, a lot of us miss in this game is that look stop being this open this open canvas to anyone who walks through the door and says build me a website and let them tell you what to do mm -hmm. <laughs> right you need to you need to hook into something where the web solution is directly at least in my opinion directly tied to the business bottom line again e-commerce converting leads, you know, something that formulates a transaction for a business uh, or is like an internal web app or something like that. You need to hook into e-commerce because in my opinion, that person sees just immediate value in hiring you. I'm going to make X amount of dollars with this website or this convert kit flow and Jason costs 5,000 bucks. I'm going to make 25,000 bucks based on the $5,000 that Jason sets up for me. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know that's back of the napkin math, but Mm -hmm. have you felt like that has been a bit of a burden lifted off of you as a business owner, right? To have those conversations versus like, I'm a pizza shop, build me a site and I want it for $200. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why even before I went and did my own business that I loved e-commerce. I was like, look, I'm, I'm writing lines of code that directly affects the bottom line. Right. right? And I started this way before Amazon where people didn't even want to put a credit card into the web, right? And so like solving problems like that, like I've always loved that challenge. And 
people always say that to me too, like even coaching clients and so on and so forth. They're like, it's easy enough for you to price something because you know what it is to the bottom line. I say, exactly. Right. Like if, if I can say that case in point, right. So somebody pays me two grand or five grand or whatever, they can do the math. Right? They say, okay, well, if I put 100 people into this thing and 30 people come out of it and um, I sell this thing for $30, uh, $100, I get three grand out of it. Right, So they can do the math and that is an objection killer. Right, There's no objection there. But I, I say all the time, it, bottom line means, okay, it means time too. So how much time are you saving them? Which also th- then translates to money or directly to money like this. Or new money, where you create new revenue streams for businesses, right? So no matter what you do, if you could define that, then awesome. The, the flip side of it is, is to also identify opportunities, right? So like <clears throat> this, right? I didn't ex- go into 2020 thinking that I would have a new target client, right? Um I figured it would just go as I had expected and the plans and all the rest of it. But to be open enough to figuring out what skills you have and what your solutions are to then say, if I just move, and this is, this is a great quote from Alex McClafferty that he told me one time that if you just move like five degrees to the right or left of where you're headed, what other people and businesses can you serve? And that can affect pricing. So, you know, in his case, he was, he was telling me like, you could do this for small businesses, but if you just go five degrees to the right, you can also do it for enterprise and then charge an extra zero on the end of it for doing the exact same, right? It's just how you position what it is that you're doing. So being open to that sort of an idea, you know, is, is a game changer when it comes to businesses, especially in this sort of a climate, because now economic client, political client, climate, and as well as society, like right. things are all changing. So if you can't be open to those opportunities, you're just like, Hey, I'm just going to design logos for the rest of my life. Okay. You know, I don't know where you're going to be in five years. I love the, the sort of that looking to the, the five degrees thing. You know, it's a fine balance. I'm sure you, I'm sure you talk about this or, or give uh, advice or meet about it in, in your membership, but there's that fine balance of people who w- want to go into a project. They look at web and they just say, well, I could just, I could just put the theme together and I could just build something super quick and I can charge somebody 5,000 bucks, which is fine. And I think there's like a playground for that area where it works. Okay. Because expectations for that customer are not that great in the long term. And in, in other words, they're looking for an immediate result. That is just the website and mm-hmm. off they go. They get it. Uh, when you go that five degrees, 10 degrees, whatever, and you, and you go into enterprise or you go to a medium sized business that, that, that they have money, but their expectations are going to be a lot greater because you're not just selling them the website for right now. Mm-hmm. You're selling it to them for, well, you're selling it to an entire organization, entire team might be in there. Right. So, you know, I'm sure you've been on the calls where it's like, hey, we're going to launch a new site, but we got to bring in the digital team. We got to bring in the marketing team. We got to bring in the CFO. We got to bring in the COO, right? We're going to bring in the security team because like everybody has a hand and you're like, wait a minute. 
I'm just building you a WordPress site. <laughs> so, you know, and this is when you start leveling up. Is this true to you where, you know, again, because of that perseverance and that grit, like we talked about at the top of the show, you find yourself year after year, month after month, you start, you're always trying to level yourself up. And then one day you find yourself on this call and you say, holy shit, I should have charged $50,000 for this, <laughs> right? Like as you're on the call, is that true to you? Like, have you been in those situations? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, I think anybody in business has where you're like, oh man, I just stepped into the deep end right now. Right. And, and like, yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, look, that's where you do learn and grow as a business owner too right mm -hmm. like the, in those rooms and those calls and those like all of a sudden you're like okay this thing that i thought would just take three weeks to build is now three months and it's only because of all the people mm -hmm. or it's only because of different things that business-wise that you have to account for right and this is this is one of the things and not to go too much into a rant sort of thing but you know you and i both have you know, little kids, real little kids. Right. And so the thing that I get asked a lot is, is, are you going to put, you know, are you going to teach TJ and Lucas how to run a business? I said, if that is what they want to do, I will do whatever I can to facilitate whatever knowledge that they need. That's yep. about it. But I want them to go get a job and I yep. want them to work elsewhere. And because that was an experience for me to work in fortune 50 companies small boutique agencies, consultant firms, all of that education is how I run my business today. I learned what I don't like. I learned what I do like, who I want to do business with, who I don't want to do business with. And so all of those learnings that I've learned over the years, well, that's how I've been in business now for a decade. Right. And so when it, it, it like <laughs> when you the TikTok generation, so to speak, right? Like they're like, oh, I'm starting a business. I'm 15. I'm in high school. You know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm like, uh, okay. You know, when are you going to get smacked in the face, like right. with something, right? Besides, like, besides your own videos, right? And so I'm like, okay, but you don't even know, like, and they're like, oh, you know, and this is something that you see all the time with like Gary V about like patience and stuff like that, but like. The thing is, is like, you don't know what you don't know. And to think that at certain points in your life, because I was there, I know, and I'm sure you were there too. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm doing. And I'm good for the next 40 years. But you don't know what you don't know. And if you have no open-mindedness to something else that maybe might put you in an uncomfortable position like that, conversation in a boardroom or a you know where all of these other people are coming in you're not going to grow right and yeah. you can't learn and that's where those aha moments like crap i should have added an extra zero on the end of this proposal because now i just saw my profits fly right out the window you you learn that's a lesson learned for next time He's Jason Resnick. Jason, uh, where can folks find you? What's the best way to connect, get connected to the, the membership, the community, and to find your services? Yeah, uh, I'm res.com. That's with three Zs or at res on Twitter. And my DMs are always open for a conversation. If you're interested in ConvertKit and learning a little bit more, you can head on over to nurturekit.co. Awesome stuff. It's MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd like to stay ahead of people like Jason and iTunes. You know, throw us a little five-star review. Maybe we get a little notch up on the old uh, careers section or wherever I tuck my show into uh, knitting and uh, and uh, 
crochet or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, Matreport.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.